Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Listeners, thank you for joining us today on Aging in Full Bloom. Um, My guest, he's actually in an airport. He took the time out to make time for us today. Dr. Philip Ovedia, who is a heart surgeon and who has written a book, which which is going to publish in November. So it's October right now, but I'm pretty sure we'll be able to get this podcast published Around November 11th, I think that might be the publication date. You got that, podcaster guy? <laughs> He's laughing at me. Um, the book is called something like Stay Off My Operating Table. <laughs> is, did I get that right? Hi, Lisa. Great to be on. Yes. Hi there. The, uh, book, the book is titled Stay Off My Operating Room Table. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Um, Stay Off of My Operating Room Table. Now, One of the reasons I love it, it's catchy, obviously. I like it for that reason, but I also like it because you're a heart doctor who wants to teach us prevention. You might just teach yourself right out of a job. How about that? Exactly. I always joke that I'm the worst businessman in the world because I'm trying to put myself out of business. Yeah. Tell us your story. I I have um, listened to your story, so I know bits and pieces of it. Um, but tell us a little bit about who you are and where you practice and what, um, you know, gave you the idea that you should write this book. Sure thing. And, you know, my personal and professional story are kind of intertwined, so I'll touch a little bit on both. Okay. Uh, but uh, I have been a heart surgeon, a cardiac surgeon now for uh, over 15 years. And, you know, I grew up um pretty traditional upbringing um and but uh i was always overweight as a child and became progressively more obese you know as i went through college and medical school and training to become a heart surgeon Mm -hmm. Uh, anyone that's familiar knows that that's a kind of long and difficult path and uh, maybe not the best way to support your health with lots of sleepless nights and and eating hospital food all the time. (laughs) Um, Mm. But anyway, I found myself, you know, um, really probably the first time that I, you know, kind of made a conscious effort to address my weight uh, was during uh, medical school and uh, residency training. And at that time I did, you know, what I had been taught was the proper way to lose weight. Uh, Count your calories, eat less, move more, uh, eat a low-fat diet, all of the things that we've heard. Traditional uh, wisdom, yeah. Traditional, yep. And, you know, I think many people have had the experience that that works in the short term, Mm -hmm. but uh, invariably you tend to gain back the weight you lost and more. Mm, ain't that the truth yes and, and about five years ago uh at this point i had uh, two young children and you know active busy heart surgeon uh and once again you know i was kind of faced with the fact that i was morbidly obese at this point i was pre-diabetic and i was going to end up on my own operating table so to speak yeah but but i really was at a loss because again i had tried all of the traditional ways to lose weight and had never had success. And I was fortunate at that time to come across 
you know, kind of some alternative ideas around obesity and specifically uh, listening to a uh, scientific journalist by the name of Gary Tobbs, who happened to be a speaker at a medical conference I was attending. He had just written the book, uh, The Case Against Sugar. And prior to that, he had written Why We Get Fat. And for the first time in my medical career, I was introduced to the concept of more so than the amount of food that we eat, the types of food that we eat are a big influence on our health and on our weight. And I immediately tried, uh, you know, a low sugar and then low carbohydrate diet and Uh had great success and ultimately was able to lose over 100 pounds and maintain that weight loss now for over five years. I'm going to repeat that because there was some noise in the background. You've lost you lost over 100 pounds and you've maintained it for five years because you did, you did things a little differently <laughs> um, than using the traditional wisdom that we've all been taught. Count calories, eat less, move more, blah, 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 blah. You took a different path and it worked for you. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, once it worked for me, I started to look into it more and I started to wonder, you know, why hadn't I learned about this in medical school? Yeah. Why hadn't I heard about this, you know, and now, uh, you know, over 10 years into a career as a heart surgeon at that time. And I came to learn more and more about metabolic health and its importance to our overall health. And I came to realize that it was very important to the process that leads to heart disease and that maybe some of the things that we have been focused on in medicine, things like cholesterol, might not be as as important as they're made out to be. And, you know, that has now led me to sort of uh, refocus my career a little bit. Although I continue to work as a heart surgeon, I realize that I can have more impact on people's lives if I can prevent them from getting to the point that they need heart surgery. Well, thank you for that, because that's what we need. More than heart surgery, we need to know how to avoid heart surgery, which you know gets right at the title of your book. Let me ask a question. Most of the patients that you've done surgery on, are they obese? Are they overweight? So that's uh, a mix. I would say, you know, certainly you know, it kind of reflects the population as a whole. As we know, you know, about half of the people uh, in the United States are obese these days. And I would say that's reflected in the population I operate on. Okay. Uh, But it's clearly not, you know, 90% or 100% like most people would probably think it was. Right. Um, And, you know, and again, I mentioned that cholesterol is always put forward as kind of the primary cause of heart disease. And it turns out that a lot of patients that I operate on for heart disease do not have high cholesterol. Some of them because they're on medications to lower their cholesterol. Some of them just naturally have low cholesterol levels. And, you know, that was always a little bit of a concern to me. But then when I came to realize, you know, how important metabolic health is, and I really started to think about that in more detail, you know, it kind of opened my eyes that, by only focusing on lowering cholesterol, we're not doing a very good job of preventing people from, you know, ending up on my operating table and developing heart disease. 
So what are the risk factors that we should concern ourselves with if it's not just cholesterol or primarily cholesterol? Yeah, so it turns out that the biggest risk factor for heart disease uh, is, you know, poor metabolic health. Uh, One of the medical sort of terms for that is insulin resistance. It's one of the ways that we measure it. But poor metabolic health, um, which basically means that your body is not properly utilizing, you know, the inputs that you're giving it, primarily the food that we're eating. And it's not properly partitioning, you know, that food into short-term energy to fuel your day. And then, you know, using that food to build and rebuild your tissues and then having a little bit of that energy stored in case there are periods of time when, you know, food isn't available. So is this diabetes or it's bigger than that? Well, diabetes is one of the manifestations of metabolic health. Got you. It turns out that most of the common diseases that people develop as they age and most of the leading causes of death in this country and worldwide are relatable to metabolic health. So diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, many forms of cancer are all, you know, related to poor underlying metabolic health. And yet, you know, as the healthcare system, we hardly ever discuss metabolic health. Yeah, we don't discuss it. I'm in healthcare myself, <laughs> um, and and I can say it's it's very it's a rare thing. And and what's so interesting about the list that you just named, these are, with the exception of cancer, chronic diseases where there's no cure, and what we typically teach patients is to manage it. But I think you're saying something different, aren't you? Exactly, and it turns out that many of these conditions can actually be reversed with a proper focus on metabolic health. Uh, Type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure are both conditions that I, you know, and many other physicians who focus on metabolic health have now successfully reversed these conditions in many patients. How do we do it? So, you know, the primary uh, determinant of metabolic health is certainly what we eat. And Mm -hmm. As I kind of alluded to earlier, you know, one of the key understandings we need to change is it's not necessarily how much you eat. It's the types of food that you're eating that influences your metabolic health. Yeah. Um, The two, you know, it is clear that processed food uh, is Terrible. Not support. It's yeah. terrible. Right? Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's not good for your metabolic Don't health. Don't do it. Right. The kind of, you know, my top rule kind of that I give uh, around metabolic health is to eat real whole food. Eat the things that grow in the ground and eat the things that eat the things that grow in the ground. So, in other words, animal products and plant products um, and things like sugar and things like fake processed vegetable and seed oils are damaging to our metabolic health. And when we eat those foods, it really doesn't matter so much the quantity of food that we're eating. Again, it's the types of food that we're eating mm-hmm. that are causing this metabolic damage. What about people who argue that it's the combination of foods? You're not saying that either, are you? Well, you know, no, I'm not really saying that. You know, the problem is, is that most of the pro- all of the processed foods combine 
basically those two things that I just mentioned, sugar in some form and fake vegetable and seed oils. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, it's certainly not good to combine those two things. uh, And maybe you can tolerate, uh, you know, there probably is a safe uh, level of sugar by itself that can be consumed. But the reality is, is that we never really consume it in isolation. It's almost always combined with, uh, you know, vegetable and seed oils in highly processed foods. So what is believable about all this is that you've done it. You kept it off for five years and you're a pretty smart guy. You went right from high school to medical school. I read that. Is that correct? Uh, not quite, but I went into a, uh, what's called an accelerated program. So instead of the traditional four years of college and four years of medical school, I did it all combined in six years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know you're a pretty smart guy. Um, and if you, we buy this book, you're going to give us how to's, am I right? You're going to give us, uh, some, some best practices, if you will. I, I do, but I do it in a slightly different way than I think most, uh, you know, traditional diet books. I don't give you the Dr. Ovedia 28-day diet plan. <laughs> what I, no what meal I plan? Do, okay. No meal plan. All right. Uh, there are some examples in there. But what I do is I lay out some basic principles that can be used, to, you know, that are essential to good metabolic health. I already mentioned one of them, eat whole real food. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I examine many of the common diets that people do these days. Everything from vegan to carnivore, uh, you know, the low-carb, paleo, Mediterranean, Mm -hmm. Atkins diets. And I go through each of these and I talk about what is metabolically healthy about them and maybe what's not metabolically healthy about them. And ah, so, interesting. you know, I basically I want to give people a framework that they can work within and find what works for them, because the reality is, is that there is no one diet that's going to, you know, be best for everyone. We all have a lot of different factors that go into determining how we eat. And so, you know, but I think that almost any way of eating can be adapted to be metabolically healthy. And again, I think. The other sort of thing that I want people to think differently about is don't focus on it as a diet, trying to lose weight, for instance. Focus on becoming metabolically healthy and find the the foods and the other habits. I also talk about other things besides just what we eat, but you need the food and the habits that support your metabolic health. Is it kind of simpler than we want to make it? I mean, it it sounds so obvious and simple, but I think we want to complicate it um, and come up with formulas. And it's pretty simple. Yeah. Eat the right, eat whole food, eat, eat yep. have have a clean diet, and move a little. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. And you know. I think it's not that people want to complicate it. I think that it's been made complicated for people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the food environment around us has become very complicated. And the food industry, you know, kind of uses some techniques, I guess you could say, to basically confuse people Mm -hmm. so that they don't know what to do. And, you you know, just the whole concept of, you know, 
trying to count your calories, for instance, uh, and that we've been told that it doesn't really matter what type of food that calories comes from. If you just control your calories, you're not going to, you know, you're going to remain healthy. And we, we know that that clearly isn't true. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I tell people to make it simple again. Go make, back to make how it our, simple our, again, yeah. Yeah, go back to how our grandparents, our great-grandparents ate, you know, which was just real food. Uh, and they didn't have a lot of these processed foods, and they didn't have a lot of these diseases that plague our society today. Um, and and uh, so I want to get back to that disease piece, because I think there's a very important message that, that you're sharing with us there. But um, it is confusing. You're right. I mean, is it, do you want low sodium? Do you want low fat? Do you want no fat? Do you want no sugar? Do you want no sugar added? Oh, my God, I'm already confused. <laughs> Right. But when you're making those choices, a lot of times you are buying something processed. Exactly. Um, so be aware of that as well. And yeah, you have to it, you have to be intentional. <laughs> you're not going to happen on this accidentally because it's not so easy uh, to get real food these days. Yeah, and that's again one of the central messages that you do have to you know, be intentional about this. You have to think about it. You can't depend on the system anymore to keep you healthy because clearly the system is not keeping us healthy. The statistics show that 88% of the adults in the United States are not metabolically healthy. I'm, and, not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And those are the results that the system has, you know, achieved. So if you don't want to be the same as everyone else around you, you have to take charge and do something different. Well, that is a fine place to end. I am going to buy your book. I'm going to, I need to get healthy. I need to be healthier. I, I mean, I have been paying attention on a personal and professional level here. Um, and I'm going to try it out and we're going to have you back on in about six months and maybe I'm going to have some great results to share with you. How's that sound? That sounds great. I would love to follow up. Again, it's called Stay Off My Operating Table. Um, it's going to be released on November 11th, and it uh, will be at uh, it's both a print book, an audio book, and an e-book on Kindle, and it will be up on Amazon and all the other online major sellers for pre-sale pretty soon. Anywhere you buy books, it'll be available. And and the other message here is that all of these chronic diseases that we're taught have no cure and all you can do is manage. Yeah, maybe there's more you can do. Maybe you can actually reverse them um, if you eat right, if you eat clean. Exactly. Uh, you know, don't accept that there are no other options besides just taking medicines and trying to manage diseases instead of trying to prevent and reverse diseases. And where do you happen to be on your way to in your airport today? Uh, actually flying home to uh, Tampa, Florida. Oh, flying. Oh, well, Tampa. Boo you. We're in the Midwest. <laughs> um, but I think, did you grow up in the Midwest? You know, you were educated uh, here. Yeah, I grew up in the Northeast, uh, and I spent much of my life in the Northeast uh, prior to uh, us relocating to Florida about four years ago. So you know all about our winters and what's coming, the impending doom. (laughs) Quite familiar. And why it's sometimes difficult to keep it moving. 
Um, but, but again, we have to be intentional and we have to do better. Doctor, thank you so much. This is great information. Um, we love the title of your book. It's easy to remember. Stay off of my operating room table. Um, and that's just what we all intend to do. I promise you that. Thank you for sharing the information. Is this your first book? This is my first book. All right. We'll see how it goes. I have a feeling I know how it's going to go, though. You have safe travels. We'll talk to you again in about six months. Listeners, hope you enjoyed the program. Till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back. Thanks, Doc. Thank you, Lisa. Bye-bye.